Scarborough here. What's up, y'all? Uh, Derek just woke up from a nap. He was dreaming about Texas. so mm-hmm. And no. freedom. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't have enough freedom here in Indiana, so I had to get some of my dreams. You did get to see uh, what, your third basement? Yeah, third basement. I entered my third third basement ever. Saw Resi- another, another sump pump. Residential basement. Yeah, we spent an entire episode talking about sump pumps, and uh, Derek didn't know what we were talking about, so he, he saw one. Now he knows. I still think it's crazy. You guys have to pump water out of your house all the time. <laughs> Constantly. So weird. Yeah, Even when it's not raining, sometimes I think it's gone. Yeah, it's but crazy. especially in the spring, man, that that thing runs like every three minutes. It's just like. And when it snows real hard, you got to like go clear out the, the, where it comes out on the curb so it doesn't get all backed up. Snow. Not, no, What's that's that? not how mine's done. Mine's done like a. You know, backhanded way. It goes down in there into the creeks. So, like, no, it, it, I, I did that trenching work uh, last November, and uh, I got quoted, like, $2,000 for a guy to rent a trencher and run a piece of PVC from, uh, like, 20 feet from my house, probably another 40 feet, uh, just out to an area. And uh, he was like, yeah, it'll be about 2000 bucks." And I was like, bullshit, I can do this for 150 bucks. I can dig a hole. Watch this. <laughs> so I went to go get a trencher and it cost me 60 bucks and I bought four eight foot sections of pipe and I connected them together and that was it. Done. Problem solved. The pinnacle of efficiency. Yeah, right. So uh, what happens if the power goes out for like a real long time? He's got a battery backup. There's a battery backup. It's like a 12 volt deep cycle battery um, uh. and it will pump the stuff out that way. Um, just in case. So I don't like, have a battery backup. So fingers crossed that doesn't happen to me. Yeah. You, uh, let's talk about insurance for a second. Do you have water backup insurance? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I have like uh, extra coverage because my basement's finished. Nice. That's a good idea. Water backup insurance. I've heard of flood insurance. I've never heard of water backup <laughs> That's insurance. That's the thing. So if like your sub pump backs up and it puts, pump basically like doesn't pump the water out and all of it ends up in the basement instead uh-huh. of getting taken away from it, there's insurance coverage for that. Interesting. And you have to have like a certain amount. Imagine that your house is actually just a boat and your boat basically has a leak in it and that's what the pump is for. So I understand the pump. It just why you would have this situation is weird to me. You got to get the water out because basements are cool. Actually. Yeah, I do like the basements. It's, It's worth having the pumps. That's where I stall, uh, store all my old car parts that I don't need, which I had reminded me that I should get rid of, and uh, some car parts that I might need someday. So I've got a pair of new SI seats that are just hanging out. Yeah, I saw them in there. So if anybody needs an Evo intercooler, and a stock or Evo a, intercooler, a stock of, which I don't think anyone actually needs, but if you want to pay for shipping, I will give it to you for free. So. Hit me up and I can give you a bunch. I can give you an OEM exhaust, uh, which you probably don't want. Nope. Um, what else do I have that people don't want? Like fuel lines and stuff, like factory fuel lines. Which, Gross. Yeah. What? Um, and then I have I have OEM brake rotors. And I don't know what I'm going to do with those. They might have some value. I mean, they're like the Brembo, but they're just... Are they the two-piece ones? No, they're just the regular ones. Oh. So, like, so they're good canopy weights. Yeah, they're just heavy. So I don't until, know until a storm comes through and sends the nunchucks and the, and the rotors flying through the air like nunchucks. Yeah, I think it was it was Dan Lewis's Jeep and his uh, his trailer. And it may have been um, uh, Luke McGrew's yeah, trailer Luke's, as well that got beat up. They all made insurance Luke's claims. Window. On so I don't know. Having insurance and hard. dealing with like adult problems is sucky. I was just thinking, and I still haven't checked the coat 
That's also something new I found out about. <laughs> coat check? Yeah. We You've don't never have, seen coat check yeah, before? Yeah, I never had coat check. What? Yeah. It, it still gets cold in Texas. Like, if you and your wife go on a date, you don't... Yeah, but like, they just don't go outside then. What? They just stay inside. I mean, it doesn't get th- that cold to need, like, a big coat. I mean, like, here you can tell he's he not... He bought his first coat. He's not a very highbrow kind event. of guy. Like, he probably never takes his wife to the... Uh, you never take her to, like, go see a play. That's a place where you might do a coat check. No. Never do no, that? No place. <laughs> <laughs> like what, what about what about the symphony? You never go to the symphony. Uh, a bunch of lowbrow no, shit. No symphony. Assholes here. On we the go symphony. to the movie theater across the street where you can drink while you're watching the movie. That's what we do. I think Texas is the best place for you. Well, Austin specifically is uh is always been real chill. Mm-hmm. So like even the nicest restaurants in Austin, you can wear shorts in or whatever. There's yeah, like you tried to do last night. I successfully <laughs> did last night. So I, rolled I the rolled Prime 47 in basketball shorts. Yeah. <laughs> t-shirt and a camo jacket. They took my $100 for that steak you're, and you're macaroni and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys went to the second annual PRI Steaks. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to call it the TFTI Invitational from now on. <laughs> Uh, tell us about the TFI, uh, TI TF, TFTI. Um, that we just Tim got a whole bunch of Tim Levine got a whole bunch of people together, and we kind of did. I've been doing something similar, and we just kind of got all of the buddies together, and we rolled into Prime Forty Seven with like thirty two people and a twenty five person reservation, and they were not prepared at all, and, Tim, and not pleased. Right? They were not stoked. Is Tim Levine related to Adam Levine? I hope so, but I doubt it. It would explain so much. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? I think <laughs> that, that I'm going to call that steak dinner. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> I love you, Tim. I'm going to call that steak dinner the second annual celebration of his broken FRS. <laughs> <laughs> it's a BRZ. <laughs> it's a BR Oaken, as, as Aaron likes to say. Uh, so we're, we're running low on sleep. I think we've been... Uh, the last three nights we slept maybe like four hours yeah. and you guys were up super, super late. I went to bed in my house. I went to bed at two thirty, and you guys were up until five Oof. and uh, I got your sleepy asses up and took you to brunch and you had the best. It was time. delicious. Well, that to be, was the to best be fair, ever. I was up till five. Ed was up till three forty five. Let's not talk about Ed. <laughs> <laughs> so Ed, Ed likes uh, whiskey and uh, he also likes falling asleep in places that are not his bed. Yep. Yeah, that's a thing. Done done that a few times. So a few, few places. Uh, we had we had brainstorming ideas this morning, and uh, apparently Derek's thought about it a lot. So I want to talk about something on the show that I think is a really good idea, and it's I don't know yet what it would look like, but I am frustrated that I don't have any storage play, uh, space for cars or car stuff. And I think that there should be a car storage lot on the northwest side of Indy. Derek, you've talked about it or thought about it a lot. Does this market exist in Austin? Yeah, I mean there already is is some. I think I think anywhere people will pay to store their sports cars. It, we also I found that a lot of people don't buy stuff because they have no place to put it. But and if they did, but if they did, they start buying a, a lot more stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I know that there is one place in downtown Indianapolis that's like a, it's like a clubhouse slash venue slash um, storage space, mm-hmm. 
and they have a membership fee of about a hundred dollars. This place is called Silo and it's in downtown Indy. I've never been there, but it seems like a really cool idea, but uh, it's a hundred dollars for your base membership a month, I think. And then you start paying a fee for the, for every car that you add at this place. Um, and single cars, uh, 225 bucks a month. Um, and then it scales like at five cars, you're down to about 195 per car per month. But the way I was thinking about it is like, there's not a, like uh, the residential, like super business biz, big wigs doesn't seem like a, a, a thing common in downtown Indy. Uh, everyone kind of lives up on the North side. And so I, it surprises me that you'd want those cars stored in that place in that area, just because they're, they're kind of out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it seems like if you could store your, your whatever car for 150 or 200 bucks a month in this area, it becomes much more accessible. So I don't know. I've been taking around with this idea and need to figure out how big the building would need to be to make sense to pay the mortgage on, on a business. Yeah, so and you have to do it kind of. There's two different ways I've seen people go about it. One is just basically a shop, maybe climate controlled with cameras, and that's it. Just someplace a little more secure than normally. And then the other way is like kind of like the other place you were talking about. There's a place in Austin like that, and they call it the Petrol Lounge, and it it's like. It's like a high end, you know. Well, at experience. that point, though, like they have like a clubhouse, it, that and becomes all that. your job. And I don't know necessarily that that's like what any of us would want to be doing. Yeah, they they have employees, which which just seems weird, yeah. right? Because it would eat into any margin that you built in, and you know, paying someone a decent wage to be around at the place all the time just seems like a waste of money. But the level of cars at this place is like F forty, nine eighteen. Old, I think they have a nine six two there. I mean, that's you know, so they're charging probably more than three hundred a month. So you know, if we if we did do an idea like this and we we put some regular doors in, at some point, if we were making money, we could call Adam and he could put windows in our door, which would be pretty cool. I bet he'd love the uh, the opportunity to do that job. He also loves it when you remind him that you that he can put windows in your door, (laughs) in my door. There's also like in whose door? Your door. I just want to keep him off the roof. <laughs> Over the roof? Uh, not not those dorky little points. Over the roof. Um, no. I, you could I, you could also buy a building that was already built, which is what the Petrol Lounge did. They outfitted some other building that was used for uh, something let, else. Let's let's kind of brainstorm this while we're on the show. In terms of security, if you did just like a standard metal pole barn, I don't know that you could justify. Uh, even if it was like secure ish, I don't know that you could realistically justify being able to like store cars of that value in that place without some kind of secondary secure lot. Well, it, it's even just like the ambiance of a, of that is not good enough. It would have to be dressed up. So yeah, right. Yeah. But I'm not saying that we're going to store F40s for right. And I mean, cars cars you, at that level, you pretty much you know. That you need might somebody, actually you need somebody be your job. Monitoring stuff like that. You can finish the inside of metal buildings too, though. You know, if you sure, want. but mm-hmm. if I were a car thief, you might just like instead of trying to get through the door, you might just cut the wall open. I guess that's what I would say in terms of security. I mean, that's a pretty extreme case. Do, no, is this going seconds? Do people really <laughs> still have forties? I mean, I think people probably still have forties, but. Uh, 
right now I'm like in the most untrustworthy state of mind because in the past year I've had uh, my Jeep stolen and uh, the catalytic converter stolen off of my RV. And like, I just don't want to put any faith in people to not like be rude. So <laughs> I heard that. Um, yeah. So it, if you had a place up here on the, the Northwest side, you'd probably get uh, residents from my town and the neighboring town. And then uh, potentially, I mean, you might have access to like farmland to do this kind of work. And if you had basic utilities, you could do climate control with some winter storage and uh, you could then do um, maybe you need a, a, a bathroom. I don't know. That's but, helpful. And it, then you, you need internet access, right? Because you, mm-hmm. you need some yeah, way to, to manage some, some kind of security. Yeah. Um, so you start to build up those utilities and it's like, okay, well, I wonder how much that mortgage would be or like how much that monthly payment would be based on whatever interest rate. I don't know. I don't know exactly how much it costs to build like a 60 by a hundred. I don't either building. And I, I don't know how much it would cost to be like, you know, if you're, let's say you're, you're Jiffy Lube type quick service place attached to a gas station. How much would it be to renovate that to do what you want relative to what it would be worth? There wouldn't be enough space. Right. Yeah, it wouldn't be big it enough. It wouldn't be laid out the right way to do that. You would need some, like an old manufacturing, a small manufacturing mm-hmm. building or something. Yep. So Warehouse. Uh, we talked to um, the place, Ed stores a car um, in an area in Columbus, and that building is 6,200 square feet, yeah. which is, I don't know, 60 by 100 or 62 by 100-ish. Round figures. Um, that's like a decent-sized building. It's mm-hmm. not out of reach financially to no, build got, something like it's that. It's got a, uh, like a large overhead door on each end. You can drive through it if you need to. You usually just use the first one. So uh, how, did, how did that work? Um, how did that relationship work when you like set that up? What was the... What was the expectation of security? Like, what did they provide in terms of making sure that the cars remain safe in the location? Uh, I have like I have an app on my phone where I can log in and see the video. See the video, like okay. a live feed. Um, there's a key code on the door. Okay. So that's how, and everybody has their own code, so you know, you know, they can check who the last person was. Okay. By what key code was used? Okay. Um, and you could even get the little system that gyms have, like 24-hour workout gyms. Okay. They have the little fob. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could do that if you wanted. I think this is a really cool idea. I mean, it's very, it's for the first one, it could be very basic. You know, you carry a certain level of, of insurance. Did you sign some kind of contract or something? To, no. Okay. And it's just a month to month? Yep. Okay. And he pops, he you, pops by. You're and, also going to have to carry insurance, you know, for all these cars yourself. Yeah. And so. Um, I think those policies like that, the insurance varies depending on what kind of hardware you have in your building at that time. Yeah, yeah. There's probably like a maximum limit of value that can that can or should be in there. They reside inside a building. Yeah, and you can raise it up if and pay more if someone big comes in. The real big I do know there are some really cool car. cars in the area. There's there's a guy. I mean, we live in like just whatever suburban area, but there's a guy that lives in a completely normal house across the road. And there's a, a, a 360 Modena inside one of the garages. And a lot of these garages are um, only two car. And that means a lot of people in the neighborhoods park outside because the garage is either full of like kids crap or it's full of like the car they want to keep. And I can imagine that if you have like a nice car that's in the garage, you might actually move that out so that you can park your regular cars in the garage. Yeah, I mean, in the, in the winter, the place that I have my car at is always completely full. Um, but what I've found is that a lot of times it, 
it isn't always like fancy cars. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's they have a kid in college. Okay. And they'll put their college kid's car so it's not just sitting in the driveway. It's the one out of the way. Yeah, they just want stuff out of the way. Or it's like a a uh, older relative's car that they're trying to help out. And all sorts of different stuff ends up there for different reasons. Hmm. But, and that's something we don't get in Texas or don't have to think about. But you don't you have know. old people? No, we don't have winter. They're all in Florida. Duh. We don't have winter, so That's true. you don't have that season. So yours is just, just satisfying the lack of space. Exactly. Problem. Yeah, it's just people. But you know, it's basically if you you guys did it, you only have to keep up with worrying about people coming in and out of that place. Yeah, you know, it's it's eight, a very eight months a year. Probably. It's I think in order for it to work, it can't just like the one that I'm in is not advertised. Um, it's not marked like it's not there's no attention to it deal. and pretty much everybody in there I know like through some way shape or form mm-hmm. I've interacted with them uh, through work or whatever it's you know it's a, it's a small it's a community that, that I grew up in so you know over the years in with car stuff you get to know most of them well, while we were uh, while you were sleeping Derek uh, Ed and I were talking about it a little bit and you know, while we're all of us are super well connected to the race car scene in the Midwest, we're not like super, super. I'm not super connected locally. Um, and so we were thinking about how you might actually get customers. And it's like, oh, just you just go to Cars and Coffee. Yeah. We, we got those in Indianapolis. You just go to that and be like, hey, tell your friends I got space. Yeah, it's basically, you know, I don't even think this guy had to go that far. I think most of it was. Hey, this is what I'm doing. He talked to some of our customers who were his friends. A lot of them are Porsche Club um, members together. And, I mean, most of it is people's Porsches and BMWs and their kid, one of their kids' Evos and sure. stuff like that. A couple bikes. I can usually sneak the – my spot's big enough that I can put the M3 in there and then the Ruckus behind it. Yeah. Just to get the Ruckus out of the shop and out of the way. So there's, um, there is a house that's like a dream house for me uh, in between here and the highway. Uh, they just built it, and it's got an eight-car. It's got a four-car attached and a four-car detached, and it's beautiful. But, like, the number of lots available in this area where you could buy enough land to build a house of that size um, to, to accommodate that many cars, is, there's not a ton of those. And so... You think about a guy that might spend between I don't know random numbers like two fifty and five hundred on a house in a subdivision. Um, there's if they have any cars that they want to keep, where do they go? Right. They don't have they don't have a lot of options. So, because you can imagine like if you if you let's say you have a two million dollar house, you can afford to build the garage you want because you probably have enough space to accommodate it, but. Yeah. Otherwise, you just have to go further out to where you can build a shop or something. Well, right. like these neighborhoods are are awesome, but you can't just like you were talking about earlier. You can't do uh, like a building in the back or yep. make the garage any bigger because it's like kind of structured into the house. I mean, if I if I really, it wouldn't be worth it in terms of you like just ditch those two rooms. You could. Do you really need an office? No. <laughs> um, I've considered uh, trying to to get plans to build a much bigger garage space and kind of attach it mm-hmm. onto that side of the house because you're you're looking at the living room wall here, and uh, you could make that all garage space on the other side of that. It would be possible, but I think it would be really expensive. And if your goal was to park cars, you might only be able to put like four in there it would be hilarious because so the house that we're in is abe's house which is two-story house and he only lives here with his him and his wife right yeah and, and the dogs don't forget the, and dogs. the dogs 
but he he i mean he does not need all this room this house is giant it would be so funny if he decided he was going to live here for the rest of his life and he just cleared out the whole bottom floor <laughs> and made the whole bottom floor garage <laughs> Well, at that at that point, you started thinking about well, maybe I just put them in the basement. You just like build a ramp to like oh, that drive would be cars cool. down there and just just keep them in there, or yeah. both. There's parked cars everywhere. It's just junky Hondas. The whole house oh, is filled with. I this. love that that Abe like probably the only one of us that only has one car right now is all about the what do I do with all the extra cars right now? I I would really like more cars. Uh, I have a ton of regret in my life that I don't own an S2000, um, and they're only getting more expensive, which is annoying. You should buy one today. They're very buyable. They'll be very buyable for a long time. I bet time. we can go get one tonight. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Uh, I haven't had a car payment in six months, and that's You won't have a car awesome. payment if we go buy an S2000. Just go get some money out of the bank. Yeah, well, I mean, you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> you could do that. I see no negatives to this plan. So on the car storage thing, uh, Matt Ferris building one of those. Has he produced any that. content about it? Because or like maybe he's talked about it on his show. He but I, I've been it. disconnected for a little while. So I listened yeah, I mean, to the Rogan Farah podcast the other day, and he was talking about his done. building. It's like it's like bomb proof. Yeah, is he he's trying to do like he overbuilt that like building luxury so clubhouse, or is it just like yeah. utilitarian storage? No, I no, think no, it's no, luxury it's, clubhouse. It's, it's very fancy. I think it's in an area of LA with not much room, and so he's doing triple stackers. Sick. And it's like, it's like you can only buy a year at a time because it's going to be so in demand. Because there's nothing else. Well, there. He's, he's, he's kind of like got a, like enough celebrity to make it so that. It, People know what he's doing, and well, if they want to, if they're in LA and they want to store a car, they're going to call him. Yeah, and, and there's like there's so much money in that area, and there's nowhere to park cars. So I think he's going to really do. He's got a clean house. Do good there, but the one why I brought it up was he designed that building so an eighteen wheeler can drive in, unload, and drive out. So, so cars, like pull through. Yeah, so cars Seven. cars can be unloaded and never know. It's also designed to like withstand like a magnitude 12 earthquake or whatever so yeah. now now that we're talking about it has he produced any video content for it or is just talking about it no there's video picture he's very proud of the ramp because he has because the cars go under underground as an entrance like they go down a ramp and he's very proud of his de- approach and departure angle on his ramp oh nice yeah he said he no got scrapes he got a c7z06 when they made the template for the transition okay cool so he got the lowest car he could get Oh, that's interesting. Um, to get in there, but you start to like do the math on this, and let's let's say you did build a big uh, uh, building big enough for thirty cars, and you charged two hundred bucks a month, and you provide it's a basic place, just a warehouse space where you can park cars. Thirty cars at two hundred bucks a month. That's six thousand dollars. You're paying off your your any business loans pretty aggressively, but you're still like, I can't imagine your monthly payment is anywhere close to that. No, I mean, if you just do like one basic one, it shouldn't be anywhere near that. Because I can imagine, well, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's twelve hundred a month um, in terms of payments. Mm-hmm. So now you're talking about like, well, what if I only have six cars in there for a period of time while we ramp up? That's not so bad. Or, no, I mean, and, and those things fill up every time. Yeah, I think you guys could could definitely do it. In Austin, the roadblock was the areas where I would need to do this at. The land's too expensive. So I would, I would have to scale so big, it would have to be like 150, 200 car place before I started, you know, making it work financially. 
and I can't afford to do that, you know, so, build something uh, that big. I think the area, the convenience area would be like, if you go due west of my house by like three or four miles, uh, there's access to I-65, which is super convenient, uh, which can get you downtown really quick. But that's where like all the Amazon warehouse space is. And uh, uh, presumably all that stuff zone commercial, but I don't know how willing people would be to sell a random dude an acre. Yeah, I, th- I think, well, and I also think one of the reasons that the one that I'm a part of works so well is because it's literally right around the corner from, from like the neighborhoods. Well, at that point, like there are a bunch of buildings with space for lease in that area. And it's like, well, shit, why wouldn't you just rent the square feet and build out a unit inside of it to do your parking and whatever's and just have someone else manage the building? I don't know what it is on a per square foot basis, but not owning the building does sound kind of nice. Where cars just look yeah, but if you have to pay somebody to to manage it all the time, that's a pain. Well, I mean, like you, in terms of like warehouse space, you just build out your square and you park cars in and out, and you can scale as big as you want. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound too bad either. No, I mean that's like what we're doing. It's on your shirt, actually. The horsepower farm stuff right across from the place where I'm currently running. Um, we're doing like a car condo development and there's going to be like a clubhouse and like just like a big, big building and you slice it in half and then big garage doors and you purchase one of those units and then you make it however you want. And then eventually once it, once they're all built, there's a, condo owners association and it runs itself and we go do it again somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of places where we've seen these car condo things pop up. I mean, uh, M one concourse seems like they've been really successful with it. And there's Audubon country club has clubhouses kind of on the outside of the track Putnam has them too. And Putnam has, I don't, I've, I've seen something like that in the Woodlands area of Houston, um, which is a really nice suburb of Houston. And it wasn't necessarily car marketed only, but it was like just big warehouses for rich people. And I would say they were probably like 40 by 60 shops, but but like two or three stories tall. That's that's the size of the floor plan for the ones that we're doing. Yeah, and there, no living in there or anything like that. Right. But it was gated like a, like a storage would be, like okay. a little mini storage mm-hmm. would be, gated like that. And you go in with the gate and there's, I mean, I'd say there was probably 50 or these buildings, you know, just all lined up. And it was all concrete and you could drive around the deal and you would see people open and everyone was built in different, you know, yeah, that's, like, that's exactly the concept here. There was like one guy that had a bunch of Ferraris and then you go and there's one guy with a bunch of boats and mm-hmm. a lot of them had built lofts. Yep. On like top. mezzanines. Yeah. Lofts on top where they'd have pool tables and bars and yeah. entertain and everything like that. Yeah. That's kind of the idea. And then if you get, if you want more than that space, you buy either two next to each other and knock down the wall or two behind each other and then these, knock down that wall these and have were an extra all, long one. These were all separate standing. Ours they weren't connected. Together. There'll be like four buildings or no, there'll be like seven buildings total when it's all done. And then each building will have 10 units in it. Are they, const- like five, are they metal one, two, construction one, five, or yeah, yeah. wood frame? Metal. Metal. It sounds neat. It'll be cool when it's done. There's cool. like so, I mean, the the money tied to car, car culture I think is interesting, but it does not seem like we're any point near saturated for like these 
just luxury spaces for people to hang out and do fun stuff with cars. Right. How um, how many cars do you think are hidden from wise? Oh, well, that's man. an interesting question. We, I don't have any cars that are hidden from wise. I don't make enough money to hide cars from my wives yet, <laughs> but I'm sure I'll get there. But you do um, own, I, you do own a, four cars, right? Yeah, I own four cars. I have a client that does hide cars from his wife. I see. Eventually, I he'll, like, he'll, tell her, he'll tell her at the right time. But like, if something like if something's the right price or the right situation, he just buys it and then deals with the repercussions when the time's right. Yeah. And I'm he trying just to hides imagine what building. would happen He's got his if, own I, building. if I just went and spent eight grand on an S two thousand and just like tried to fix it and sell it. She'd probably kill me. She's not looking at me right now, but. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good. That's, that's a good actually deal. a good trade. I think I would probably let's go. go let's go right now before she changes her mind. We'll pick up the puppy on the way back. <laughs> what kind of puppy? Oh, uh, we need another golden doodle. So the house is going to be full of golden doodles, and then we'll have a storage space where we can put a bunch of cars. I couldn't imagine a happier scenario. I could like I could I could see a labradoodle in here. So the other thing, the, part the, of the reason the that collection. I was considering, um, you know, existing space that for warehouse that might have been mm-hmm. for rent. I mean, obviously, we're, we would struggle to uh, afford the Amazon rate or whatever it was for, like, big-time business. But if you wanted uh, enough square footage to be able to park some RVs, uh, for which there is a real, real shortage in mm-hmm. my area to be able to do that, you'd, you'd want space that is big enough to accommodate, right? Because how much do you charge for RV rental or, excuse me, RV storage space that's indoor? Um, that's you why still you just probably buy, you just buy one of these condos and sure. then you put your RV in there. But you can only, I mean, a person can do one unit, right? Um, that's a next level of customer. Right. Yeah. So yeah. me, I actually store an RV and I store it outside and I pay a hundred dollars a month. But if you wanted it to be indoor, that's actually really convenient because mm-hmm. I've had the battery die on the RV already. Um, if I could store it inside with power and put a battery tender on it, I mean, I don't know. A customer like me might pay 200 a month for that. But now you need the square footage to be able to do like 10 of those. Yeah. And at that point, that's where the price jumps. Right. Because you're probably, I doubt you would be able to find indoor RV storage anywhere for 200 bucks a month. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's 250. Maybe it's 300. But like, yeah, now things really start to get interesting because if you're in a, if you're in a million square foot warehouse, then it's like, oh, Renting 10,000 square feet is really not that big deal. That's true. So, um, yeah, it was just interesting thoughts. I don't know if, if this would ever actually be possible, but it's probably something I'm going to be thinking about for a while. I think you start with a simple little one, 60 by 100, fill it, and then learn the lay of the land, and then decide what to do next. And at the minimum, you just keep cars parked there, and then mm-hmm. however, like you pay aggressively on it, and then at some point you own an acre with a building on it and it collects money. I mean, you can also use that outside land for trailer and RV storage. Yep. That's mm-hmm. true too. Put a fence up. Well, there's a lot of racers around Indianapolis and I don't know You'd where also all have somewhere stuff to, gets parked. Somewhere to park your own RV, which would I be know, nice. which would be great. And I would stop spending a hundred dollars a month on it. <laughs> yeah. And nice. maybe fewer people would vandalize it because it would be a little bit isolated from the highway. Did your, your RV get vandalized? It did. What happened to it? People cut the catalytic converters out. Oh. You should just use your it was, Evo it cats. Was 24 hour that access control. You have downstairs? Control. Um, wow. 24 hour access control with barbed wire fence. Someone cut the fence and uh, evaded the, the 
sight lines from the cameras and cut out uh, cats from a few of the RVs. People are jerks, man. I bet that was an interesting surprise when you started it. Whoa, uh, uh, they let me know in advance that someone had broken in and done all this stuff. Uh, and it sounded like the gates of hell had opened when you start a V10 <laughs> Ford RV that with, doesn't with have an open cats. exhaust. Oh, my God. It was unbelievably loud. So, And I had to find an exhaust shop that um, had a large enough bay to like do any of this mm-hmm. kind of work. So I drive it like all the way downtown, like 40 miles or excuse me, like 40 minutes downtown to get to this place. And it was so long that it went all the way to the very front of their lift. And it was probably six inches too long for them to close the garage door. So they were like, Super annoyed because it was really cold in the garage while they were doing this work. And that Wait, well, at least they went fast, I bet. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, I think it was maybe $500 to have them do it. But it's just like, man, that's annoying. I wish that didn't happen. Yeah. But it would be cool if all of that was just indoor space where you didn't have critters and you didn't have people and you could park cool cars and RVs and collect That'd be some good, money. Because my RV that I haven't bought yet, but will one day, I could just leave up here during the summer. No, if you pay for actually, that would be really. No, smart. I wouldn't pay. You would give it to me for free. No, that's not. How, well, you got to put up or shut up, man. Um, no, that's actually a really neat idea for that. Like those grid life guys that are traveling from elsewhere. If you had an RV in the Midwest, but you live somewhere else, you fly in, you take your RV to. Oh, we were event. talking about this last night. That's Derek, Derek also idea. wants to buy a plane. Yeah, and we got fly big himself up here, and then pick up his RV and go to the racetrack. That's that's Derek's dream. The sad right now. part is uh, with the jobs that we're currently doing, that is inaccessible. So I if could that, like steal if that's a plane. What you want to do? We need to figure out how to make more money. I'm working on it. He, well, I guess we are too with the storage ideas. You just got to get a buddy that's into cars. You need to go go hang out at the local airport. Find a buddy. No, make uh, a new friend, and then be like, I'll pay for the fuel because all those pilots, like the private pilots. Mm-hmm will do like anything they can to get more hours. Like so an excuse, yeah. yeah. To so fly if, more. You, if you're like, look, I'll cover the gas or help with the plane rental. And now, here's how all get these ideas are coupled together. Right? Okay, so now you have a building where you can store 30 cars. What if five of those cars were Turo cars and it was 24-hour access, you punch in a code, you pick up your Turo car. Why do leave. we always complicate everything so much? I just want a building that will put cars in. <laughs> well, but Derek loves Turo cars. And it, we talked uh, at breakfast like how annoying money. it is to like... Uh, uh, like manage a a pickup where he has to go run cars around to have it be yeah, where that's, people. That's work. really annoying. That's probably the primary reason that like even after all the good things you've said about it, I don't have time to do any of that. Yeah, like middle of the day, like you've got some flexibility with your schedule, but in you, the middle of the day to drop off a car and then to Uber back. So and it, I don't it, I don't really ever drop anything off middle of the day though if. If it needs to be dropped off, I'll drop it off before and leave a lockbox. So I don't know how that works. Like, I've never used Turo, but um, so a customer needs a car. Do they always come to you or is the expectation that you find a way to drop it off to somewhere to them? So the how how the, the price works flat, like just the, the minimum price to rent the car. You bring back the car with the full tank. I give you the car with the full tank. You pick the car up from my apartment. That's it. If you want the car delivered somewhere, it's a fee. I think it's, I charge $85 to deliver the car within a fee. Because fi- then you just have to Uber back. Exactly. But, but I still, it I still, still make money. costs you time. I make money on that, though. You know. Well, not really. I mean, I guess, I, I guess if you're paid hourly versus paid 
on salary, it would be different. But like if you're paid hourly, being able to, I mean, convenience of being able to run around is great, but like you don't see another customer during that period of time, right? Well, yeah, but uh, I mean, I'm still making pretty, like say I deliver a car 50 miles from my house, that's $40 in lift fees and I'm making another 45. I'm sure. still making $45 that hour. But if you had to clock out from your job to do that, then you're definitely not making that. No. During that hour. Yeah. I mean, that's about what I make though. So, you know, yeah, I, I guess at my day job. So, but you're you're playing, you know, you're playing the long game though. Like you 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 can't really look at it like that hour because what if that one delivery gets you a customer that rents that car for 3 weeks? And then you don't have to see that car again for three weeks. Like I just had a customer rent the car for a week. He just extended for another week. So I watched the I Civic once. I don't it, understand the customer at all then if, if that's like your market. Who rents a car for two weeks that like doesn't make an insurance claim for a crash car? A lot of people. That's weird. I've had, I've had a guy uh, move to Austin he ordered a Volvo, and the Volvo didn't come nearly as fast as he said it was going to. He had my Corolla for five and a half weeks. That's weird. Yeah. Why not just buy a car and sell it? You Some people don't want to. The they don't want to deal with all that stuff. Weird. You know. But yeah, we could put like five Turo cars in this place, and just like you, here's your private code. Go punch in the thing, pick up the car, and then bring it back. Boom. That would be kind of cool. Super convenient. That would make it a lot easier. It, it's but you probably have to be within like pretty close proximity to the airport. Yeah, but that, that's uh, that's true. But that and I live I live forty minutes from the airport. Which I mean, I live forty minutes from the airport. But it's it's not all that different than um, in some cities. Amazon has like drop boxes for stuff mm-hmm. where you can say you want your item delivered to an Amazon drop place, and they give you a digital code. They drop your package in this thing. You go to this building. You type in the code, and you pick up your thing. Yeah, it's not all that different than us. Uh, Indianapolis has them too, but yeah, we have them. It's kind of a cool idea, right? Because now as an individual, if this is your, your side hustle or business or whatever it is, uh, you have to manage it remarkably little. You don't have to shuttle cars around as much unless you choose to. And instead you've got a place where these cars can live. That's not taking up space at your home. Interesting. Yeah. So me and my brother are definitely going to plan on expanding into some sort of space or a lot, probably not a building, um, just cause we don't want to spend that much money right now. But my little brother has gotten into doing Turo too, and he's actually doing better at it than me because he doesn't race cars. So he doesn't have any hobbies to spend all his money on like me. On. Yeah. Mostly just the money, but he, he's up to, he has a Jeep he rents out. He has a newer Prius. He has like a 2013 Civic. He had, and he has two cash Honda fits. And so his cash Honda Fits are his most profitable cars. He bought hundred thousand mile Honda Fits for forty five hundred bucks a piece. Okay. And they bring in four or five hundred bucks a month by themselves. That's awesome. So they're paid off in six months, and then any any more life they get out of them. So, so I'm curious. I'm going to keep that in mind whenever I go down to Texas and do some sort of track. Just thing. get fits from in, in brother. your brother's fit. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I am interested. Presumably the Turo cars are always autos, like. If you had a manual Turo, would you ever attempt that? Or um, is there like an expectation that people know how to drive manuals? Or So the, the app lets you put in if you can drive manual or not. Okay. I don't think it's very smart to have any sort of economy car that's a manual. 
but if you had a sports car, you could get away with a manual. Okay. It probably wouldn't be as profitable as these economy cars, but say you wanted to own a manual car and you you have to tell yourself, I can't be picky about scratches. I can't be picky about sure. the, the way the car is treated. But if you wanted the car to subsidize almost all its ownership costs, you could rent it out some. I mean, I imagine you'd have to do clutches a little sooner. But sure. Like say you wanted to own a Cayman or you wanted, you know, S2000, S2000, something like that. You could definitely, the Porsche would be easy if it was a manual. Cause you could just check the over revs when they bring it back. Mm-hmm. How, how, how do you actually do that? You just have to have uh like you can do it. There's a, like a consumer oriented cable that you buy from a company called Durametric. Okay. You also have a professional version and then we have like a, a, a box called an AutoLogic, which is a European specific scan tool. And you just log into the ECU and pull up the, the overrev data. And it tells you like how long ago it was like it goes, it goes off of an hour counter. So it'll tell you like, this is the current hours on the motor. And this is when the last level, they have like levels one through six for the more modern manual cars. It'll tell you that the last level one, which is pretty common, not a big deal, or two was at hour 1,041. If the car just came back with 1,042 hours, you know that it happened while they were driving it. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. This, but, all of this is really cool idea. And, and it's it's motivated by having watched uh, the Gears and Gasoline video on Dream Garage stuff. And I was like, damn it, we need we need a space. Their videos are so good. Yeah. And there were a couple of like just insanely clean garage spaces yeah. where it's like, man, I would, I would love to have a building like that where I can park stuff and it would be cool if you could collect some money at the same time. Yeah, I mean, if you, you get what you want and then it's paying for itself. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. But my my brother and I want to get some sort of lot because the airport in Austin and Coda is not really in a great place to live. Like sure. you wouldn't want to live in that area, but the land's cheap sure. and it's really close to the airport. So I'm thinking a lot for my because I don't care about my third car staying inside. You know, we don't have winter. They can just be outside and grab a lot. That's fine with me. Um, you could still do some sort of gate asset access pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could, you know, I could store maybe or I could do a small building and just have race car storage there and then do the two row cars outside. Race just, car storage. Now that sounds fun. There's yeah. some race cars at the, uh, the building that I'm in. Is that right? Mm-hmm. A couple of them. Now, if you built the space right, you could have, uh, you could have a four post lift at the front of your, you know, 60 by 100 building and, as part of your fee, you could have access to the, you know, the post lift. And I don't want to say there'd be that tools gets in there. tricky. Cause then like, don't like if I had the building, I, w- I wouldn't want anybody trying to play out. backyard mechanic in the building. Yeah. Like I'm cool. Like hanging out. Cool. Like there's a little fire pit on the side of this one and like some chairs. So like you can go there and hang out. That's, that's fine. But like the, some, some dude trying to do a case swap in the corner of my storage building. I wouldn't yeah, spilling, I wouldn't be, spilling yeah. stuff everywhere. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't really want that either. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably want to lift on the property, but I would keep it separate just for me. That's what this guy did. So the, mm-hmm. remember how I showed you in the photo, there's like the two buildings and yeah, he's right. got this one for him. There's a lift in there for him. But one not, thing, not one thing that's cool general. about like me and my brother partnering up is cause obviously we can split everything and we'd have a little bit more freedom because the two rentals is really what subsidizes the cost of that. 
space. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, and so you know anything you bring in extra is just money in the pocket. Right. I was thinking about what if you had a would would you ever consider buying a uh, a new what is it tenth gen Civic Si as a turbo car? It's like a fun car. To drive. I would like buy one because it's cool. Yeah. Right. But then would you list it up as Turo just because you wanted to not pay the monthly on it? I was actually thinking about that last night. I don't know why. but Yeah, the problem, was, the problem with the tension is that, that it's a manual, and I don't know if it's quite sporty enough. I mean, you would get some people that would rent it for sure. But <laughs> you just rent it for tr- autocross you, days. You were, <laughs> Ed was kind of getting at over-revs, but really what you have to worry about with your rentals more than over-revs is just people who are riding the clutch and battling the clutch. Sure. Um, I don't know. I'd be more concerned about over revs. You can change a clutch pretty easily. Yeah. More more money to rebuild the motor. The what I've seen though, it's really more experienced drivers that over rev cars than and unexperienced drivers sure. end up just frying clutches. I wonder if there's a rule in the Turo contract that you should not take these cars to an autocross. And if you do, yeah, yeah you there's no there's, there's no competition. I mean, there's in the terms of service, there's no racetracks, no competition, no off road use. So what do you do stuff. like I'm I'm curious. Let's say you put a brand new set of tires on it, and they're all seasons or whatever, and uh, you you come back, and a car comes back, and the shoulders are gone. What would you do? You would charge them for the tires, the whole set. Okay, like how is how is that written in the terms? Like how do you keep track of whether or not they just destroyed your set of tires by goofing around? Well, you take pictures of the car. Okay. Yeah. So if I had anything that was sporty or could do burnouts. I would take pictures of tread death pictures probably before sure. every rental. Okay. Um, I don't really do that on my economy cars. I just take pictures. Because it's an econo car. Yeah. It's like, good luck if you get my CVT Civic to do a burnout anyway. <laughs> so Whatever. We did time uh, instructor fast lap when promos rental. Yeah. At Gingerman, the last event. Did it do a burnout though? I don't think so. Yeah. But like I wonder if eight you could... people hopped in it and tried to see how fast they could make it go. What about like... Turo Camaro SS or something. That is a 10 speed. The new ones are, yeah. That, that'd be, that'd okay. be a good one. Yeah. Just fun cars to like mess around with. But I, I kind of want this one to, to, to linger because I think it's actually a really good idea. And it's an underserved market, especially in the area, because there are a ton of subdivisions in my town. And I know that some of these people have cars that are just, or, or want to buy cars that are just not, stored correctly or not uh people are sacrificing something else just because there's no place to put it um even even the place where i parked my rv i was on a waiting list to get in so so do commercial like a building like that would have a basement no probably not i've never seen an open spot in the place that i put my m3 for more than like a couple of days and it's actually so it's actually so popular that in the summer when um like when the cars in the like i used that car at the track most of the year this year um and it just i'd come back with with the trailer and i'd just leave it in the trailer because i could yep i subbed my spot out for most of the summer so i didn't have to keep paying for it okay so you uh you left the car on the trailer and you just parked the whole rig in your spot no well the rig the that rig gets parked at work okay so i just pull back in from work hop in the cayenne and leave the M3 in the trailer until I needed to get it out and get it ready for the next event. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. So basically what Ed's doing is he's making sure he has winter storage 
and having it paid for in the summer but he doesn't want to like this it, this is such a com- great commodity where he's at that he can't let the spot lapse yeah he oh, can't, yeah 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 i can't leave and and like expect that i'll have a spot again I see. so i just text the guy and i'm like hey if you want to rent out my spot for the next two months or three months because you know i can park a car outside or it's in the trailer or whatever it's not as big of a deal when you then s- i got it. when the winter rolls around i get my spot back and i only had to pay for the months that I actually yeah, wanted right. to use it. This is a good damn idea. I, I probably want to like try and draw something and sketch up and say like, okay, what's the footprint of four post lifts and how would you stack them in a way that made sense so that it was easy in, easy out because you probably want to angle them. You probably don't want them square because if you're, if they're square, you need room to turn a car to pull yeah. onto a lift, which is requiring more footprint. Well, think what I would, what I would do if I were you is I would make sure that, it would make enough money with no posts in it with just, and then I would fill that up, then start adding posts as customers. Yeah. I mean, want more spots. I get nervous with people that aren't like mechanically inclined using lifts. Yes. I, I don't know about four posts. Like do, or do they still have the, well, you still really should know how to work this just to make sure you well, don't like what it. happens is like we have a, we have a mobile four post in the shop yep. that we used to get cars up onto the pallet racking. Cause we have car storage. That's like, above your you know face level above that sure so two levels and with that um four posts like you have to be really sure that you've got the locks completely disengaged or it'll start coming down crooked sure and that seems to be a trend with a lot of the the more economy four post lifts uh-huh. and if like bad things can happen real fast if people are like in well, a hurry I'm, I'm kind of imagining this scenario where like um you buy a spot let's say your spot is two hundred dollars and we'll, uh, if you want to store another car, uh, we will buy the four posts you need. We'll install it. And uh, the next car, because you're not actually taking up that much extra space, is only $100. Now it's $300. And if you forget to lock your things and you crush your own car, that's your problem because it's your lift and your car. You can, you can also, like this whole, the Matt Farrow, the higher end deal, he, he has no people. You don't go in there without anybody i see so so he so you you let them know they have 24 hours someone there you let them know that you're coming your car's waiting for you yeah that's so, pretty, like a concierge yeah because they don't because they have three post stack you know three car stackers or four car stackers or some crap and so there's no way it's like the parking they use a lot of those in like new york city yeah exactly um so you could do something like that where you could be like you could you could have a higher priced set of spots that are 24 hour access sure then you could have some cheaper spots where you you need to tell us a day in advance or 48 hours in advance if you want your car off the lift etc 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 and charge a fee if you know if they don't notify fast enough so one of my friends at work but that's a problem after you have it completely full yeah right one of my one of my problems or not my problems one of my friends at work uh is a really really interesting guy he's a woodworker um, he's our age and uh, just kind of a, a fascinating person. Um, he almost bought a historic White Castle in Indianapolis um, that was like no longer operational, but it looked like a White Castle. And he it was like listed for like seventy five thousand bucks. And he's like, I think I should buy that and turn it into a wood shop and just have it in like downtown Indy near my house. That would have been really cool because I don't have any space to work. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and it would be cool if this was just like front and center, right in the middle of everything. Uh, he ended up passing on that deal, but he and I have been tinkering around the idea of buying an old, like an old Indianapolis warehouse and like turning it into a maker space or something like that, where it's just like, we want the space anyway. It would be cool if you had it and then you could, you know, give people access and charge per people for access to parking or whatever in an environment like that. But there's no shortage of old buildings in Indy. I would much rather an old brick building than my own new metal shop just because they look so cool. Yeah, they do. Like an old red brick building. Like but they use those for, you run into issues of like... They use them for breweries a lot. Yeah, like... There's I'm, an old church here in Indy that was converted into a brewery. It's pretty rad. Yeah, I see exactly. I'm no pro on old buildings, but I bet you'll get a lot of old building problems with like an old building. leaks and asbestos and just yeah. like annoying problems like that, which might be tricky. But, yeah. Um, I'm like, I don't The power is probably a pain. But we were thinking about monthly utilities, right? You'd, you'd want internet access because you'd have to have uh, like camera service available. You'd need power. You'd probably need some kind of plumbing for a restroom just be if you were there working or doing anything. So like you start to add all that stuff up and maybe, and plus you're doing temperature control. I don't know. Maybe it's all in, maybe you're at 300 a month because mm. it, if you're, if you're doing an old building, no, 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 not an old building, like a, a, a new building, oh, the little, like a little building, like yeah. the 60 by a hundred we were talking about earlier. Yeah, Cause remember it's, close. it's temperature control, but that doesn't mean that it has to be air conditioned. Well, it, it doesn't have to be air conditioned, but it also doesn't have to be, comfortable degrees. like your house yeah. it has to be not freezing 55 50 yeah. something mm -hmm. like that yeah. and even if you air condition it in the summer which would be something we'd want in austin you just do it like 79 or something you yeah. know you wouldn't want it yeah the, well he was uh, ed was telling me about um a circulation system that was kind of making things obviously it's not texas but an air circulation system that's not air conditioning but yeah a it does a pretty good job keeping uh, the temperature <laughs> <clears throat> does a pretty good job keeping the temperatures under control. Yeah, it does. Uh, like it feel it almost feels like air conditioning. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Expect, like in my apartment complex, the way that I've talked about on the show before, but I have a one bay garage on my first level, and you go upstairs, and then I have a one bedroom apartment right above it. But it's in a it's in a giant apartment building of like I think my building probably has ten units in it, and it's three stories tall. And my garage is dead center in the middle of it. And so I have insulation. My, I mean, my whole garage is insulated like home level insulation. Really? And and it can be 100 degrees outside. And I'm, I'm also like on the shade side. So it can be 1 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the afternoon and be 100 degrees outside. My garage is like 80, which is nice. That's nice. So I'm thinking about one more thing. Near my house, there is a an old farmhouse that like – surprises everyone in the city that it's not condemned yet. Like it has a five foot wide hole in the roof. Like it's just when it rains, the water absolutely goes into the house. And I don't know if someone lives there or goes there often, but like there are people there. It's like, well, shit, like you know, maybe, maybe someday this thing will like just in like in the building with the hole in it. Yeah. That's wild. It's wild. And uh, the city hasn't really changed or done anything about it, but it's like, that's a perfect space because it's, uh, it's, I don't know, it's within walking distance of my house. Mm -hmm. And uh, I bet you it's an acre, maybe an acre and a half. And it's like right on road access. And it, I'm sure it, it, it likely has plumbing. Um, it's like, wow. They don't need plumbing. They can just collect the water from the roof hole. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> and then you've got, well, you've got your pee, pee bottle. Poor man's skylight. And uh, I don't know, maybe you just knock that over and, and build your building right there. That'd be kind of an excellent compromise to that. Yeah, I mean, the like this area, there's just from driving around the last couple of days with you, there's so many little pockets of space where you could do that. Yep. You just have to find someone that wants to sell it to you. Right. And then figure out the zoning. Yep. And I don't know. I don't know how that would fit. Right. You said in Columbus where you park got into this is not a yeah, commercial so space. It's 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 zoned farm residential, but there's like an exemption for sportsman's clubs, which this technically is. What what constitutes a sportsman's club? I don't know, but we made it match that. Oh, cool. Or he made it match that. And, and I bet it, like it went you know, through. So so the, a big difference between where I live in Columbus is like, you know, the town halls like over there and it's not a major city with a major city bureaucracy. It might just be like a, hey, how do I make this work? We'd really like to store some cars. And this is an underserved market because if you could tell from this morning, there are an awful lot of high-end cars driving mm-hmm. around Zionsville on Saturday morning. Yeah, we saw a Bentayga. Yep. Those aren't cheap. It felt like a whole row of Cayennes. And I won't say who, but we, we, we got some news yesterday that somebody might be building an exotic time attack car for track mod class. And maybe, maybe we'll see that in the next, uh, next year, hopefully. But... Fancy. It's an oddball type. Sounds thing. expensive. Yeah, it's probably expensive, <laughs> but uh, we're into this one for about fifty-seven minutes. I think that's a show, guys. Sounds good awesome. to me. See you guys later. Bye. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes, and come and find us in the Pit City Grid Live to say hello.